When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Let's get into this uh, this topic here. Now, this was a topic that was actually referred to me on youtube from the channel uh self-talk right so i came across this topic i'll say about a day or so ago but i forgot the yeah i wasn't feeling well exactly i was under the weather and i didn't have a chance to kind of get you know to to catch up to that topic so i said okay when i'm feeling a little bit better uh we're going to discuss it so what happened essentially uh this happened kimberly martin Martin, who works for uh, ESPN, you've seen her on ESPN First Take, you've seen her in Get Up in various shows, uh, she was on a panel. And essentially what they were doing was they were reacting to some comments that she made, uh, uh, reacting to some comments that were made by Cam Newton because he was talking about various quarterbacks uh, in the NFL like Dak Prescott and others where he was basically talking about game changers and game managers, right? So <clears throat> Cam Newton was given his position. At the end of his position, they were now, you know, the, the the panel was now tasked with reacting to his comments. And then when she started talking, she decided to take a personal shot at Cam Newton as she was addressing his comments, which then drew a lot of criticism. So for those of you who didn't hear what she had to say, that's what we want to actually focus on today. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what she had to say about Cam Newton. And I also want you guys to listen to Cam Newton himself talking. And then we're going to come back and get into the meat and potatoes of the show. So take a listen to that there. Parody to a tongue of Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. Hmm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. When you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. Exactly. That's, listen, my- I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, there's a difference between managers of the game and difference makers of a game. Like, give me a break. I'm just so, like, honestly, like, move past the outfit for a second. Um, (laughs) He literally said in the year of 2023, where it's all about NFL backups, where is Cam? Not on an NFL roster, right? So he's talking about all these NFL game managers. He sounds like the people literally tweeting at me from their basement, like, get back in the kitchen. Like, it's like you are at home watching me. Like, like just, just, just turn the TV off. Probably like, in the kitchen. <laughs> like, it, it <laughs> just sounds so <laughs> foolish. So you heard uh, what she had to say. So those were her comments. Uh, And then when she put out those comments, a lot of people started pushing back on her, including Ryan Clark, who's also a colleague of hers at ESPN. But we're going to get to his we're going to get to his response uh, in a subsequent video. But 
after I watched that video, I started looking around the internet to see what other people were saying about her. And we kept on getting this reoccurring thing of Malika Andrews, Malika Andrews, Malika Andrews. Now, what do we know about Malika Andrews? Malika Andrews, obviously, um, is a very talented, uh, uh, what is it, orator, moderator uh, for ESPN. But she has this certain proclivity where whenever black athletes seem to have a blunder or there's some controversial news about them, she seems to jump all over the story. Right. And she's also gotten into situations where she's disrespected and gone at some of her male counterparts on television. We cannot forget uh, the exchange that she had with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN first take a number. <clears throat> let me say over a year ago over the email Doka situation. And she came on his show. Uh, and number one, she had already come to the conclusion that he was the villain. That's number one, without having all the information. Number two, she then decided to basically basically. Uh, 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 try to scold Stephen A. Smith on this show and basically dictate the terms of what the show was going to be like. And he basically pushed back on her uh, on live television. So whenever you see people drawing this parallel, I believe that's what they're talking about. Let's get into her comments. She took a personal shot at Cam Newton by first of all, talking about how uh, he dresses. Number one, that's out of bounds. Now, <clears throat> I think it's also important to say this, uh, this though, that there is a human component in all of this, which is we're all people. Um, none of us are robots. And sometimes we get it right. And sometimes we get it wrong. To me, this is the first time I have seen her have this type of situation uh, publicly. It's not like as if it's a chronic issue where we can go back and say, okay, she said this about this person. She said that about that person. Over I haven't seen that. Now, if the information is out there, if the tape is out there, then you guys let me know. I'll be open to hearing that in the comment section. But I haven't seen that up until this point. So that's the first part. Secondly, um, sometimes we do end up crossing a line and sometimes we do it on purpose and other times we don't, we don't, we don't realize that we're doing it. I give you guys the perfect example of what I'm talking about and I related to myself. I was one of those people that used to take a very strong position, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, on some of the things that Gilbert Arena said in terms of a basketball standpoint and some of the things that he said in general. Um, <clears throat> and then at certain points I would cross the line where it would go beyond just me commenting on what he's saying. And then I'll now start taking personal attacks like, oh, Gilbert Reigns is an idiot. And, da, 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 da. and then it had to be brought to my attention. Like, OK, hold on. You're crossing the line here. Right. And I had to self-correct. So I'm not going to speak from a sanctimonious uh, position and be like, oh, no, no, no. I'm so holy. I'm so great. But it doesn't mean that Gilbert Arenas is perfect. Everyone has their thing. Everyone is going to make a mistake from time. Stephen A. Smith does it. Shannon Sharp does it. Skip Bayless. Everybody does it. The key is, number one, to realize when you've made the mistake. And I think that's the reason why Ryan Clark pointed that out. I think that if people bring this to her attention, like, hey, listen, if you're going to critique Cam Newton and, uh, you know, uh, critique his opinion, that's one thing. But getting into the personal shots about how he dresses, how he looks and all of that, that's absolutely unnecessary, right? Now, if she heeds those words and she's like, hey, I went, you know, I crossed the line. I went too far. That's one thing. But I can see now if it's a chronic thing where she's constantly doing it, where there's a pattern, then that's another thing. And that's where Malika Andrews triangulated herself into. Malika Andrews did it so much that when the Josh Giddy situation arose, everyone was pointing in her direction like, okay, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you based on your past behavior. There was a specific reason people were targeting her and not other people. So uh, that's my opinion on it. Um, this is the first time I'm seeing something like this. If it has happened before, then uh, I'd be happy if you guys shared in the comment sections. I've never seen it, so I can't speak to that uh, personally. But, um, you know, it was wrong for her to talk about him personally. Uh, from what I understand, Cam Newton did put out a response video uh, in response to that. But I don't think it should have gone that far. But... 
uh, to me, I think sometimes people cross the line and it, it, they make mistakes. And if this is her first time, then I can understand it. If it's something that she always does. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. So this is a continuation, obviously depends on which order uh, you're watching the shows that we're releasing today, but it's a continuation uh, from the Kimberly uh, Martin situation that took place on ESPN, where Kimberly Martin of ESPN was essentially uh, responded to some comments that Cam Newton made that were centered on certain quarterbacks uh, within the NFL, within the NFL, and he was basically characterizing or classifying, excuse me, quarterbacks that are game changers and quarterbacks that are game managers, right? So he put out those comments that were controversial. The, they were now brought to the, the panel of get up. And then when it came time for them to respond to it, Kimberly Martins went first. And then she decided to take a personal shot <clears throat> and Cam Newton by talking about his appearance. And then ultimately she went into her, her comments and then people reacted to that. Fine. So she put out those comments. A lot of people are talking about this over the internet. And one of those people uh, is one of the, uh, one of her coworkers at ESPN, uh, Ryan Clark. As you guys know, Ryan Clark is an opinionated person. He's very, very smart, very intelligent. Uh, and he's one of these people that's not afraid to give his opinion. And he's not afraid to, you know, to have um, uncomfortable moments on television. You can go back years when him and Stephen A. Smith and Rob Parker had their moment on television. So Ryan Clark has always been kind of edgy. Uh, and I guess that's what makes him who he is. And, you know, shout out to him. So he got a chance to hear the comments that she made. And he decided to respond to it on this show, The Pivot. Right. And when he decided to tackle the issue, um, he really went into detail about why he felt as if uh, Kimberly and people that do what she does cross the line. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Ryan Clark had to say. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want you guys to take a listen to it in its entirety so you get the full scope of his idea. And then want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Ryan Clark had to say here. When I look at what Cam Newton said and the reaction to it, I think this way, first of all, everyone is talking about where Cam is now and speaking from the fact that he's not on a team and that he may want to be on a team. Guess what? All of us that give our opinion, right, either can't play anymore, nobody wants us to play anymore, right. and in some of these people cases, you never played because you couldn't play. So to speak about where Cam is making the comment from now is wrong, right? And to treat Cam as what I heard from somebody, to treat Cam as someone tweeting from their mother's basement is also wrong. Because what Cam Newton's perspective is, is different. Cam Newton's perspective is over 700 first place Heisman votes because I had 48 touchdowns in the SEC. I led the SEC in rushing with 1,400 plus yards. I threw for over 2,600 yards. It's being rookie of the year with 4,000 yards passing, which was a rookie record. 14 touchdowns. Right? 14 rushing touchdowns, right? Which was the most ever. It's in 2015 accounting for 45 touchdowns, 10 of those rushing. Mm -hmm. And doing it his rookie year with Steve Smith at age 32 as his number one receiver, an old Jeremy Shockey, a young Greg Olson. And so when he's looking at these quarterbacks, you know what he could say? Of the three I named, only one of them won Rookie of the Year, and that's Dak Prescott. Of the three I named, 
only one of them have thrown for over 4,000 yards, which I did as a rookie. When Cam Newton is looking at that, he's looking at it from that perspective. And in looking at it from that perspective, I don't agree with his opinion about Dak Prescott, but I do agree with his opinion about the other two in some ways. But my point is this, though. Why do we as analysts get to talk about that man like he wasn't one of the best we ever seen do it at one time? Because when I make a comment, I don't expect people to respond to my comment with, oh, you were an undrafted free agent safety. When other people on TV make a comment, you don't expect them to, to respond with, oh, you played basketball at an HBCU and you were just a reporter, or you are a woman who just reports from the sideline, or you are a quarterback that was a backup his entire career, right? Those personal attacks on Cam in his lows forget his highs. And as everybody is entitled to an opinion, I don't know if it's his platform, I don't know if, if it's his clothes, I don't know if it's his bravado, I don't know if it's his paint job. But Cam Newton saying that people are game managers, when you say it and hear it all the time on TV, that a guy like Kirk Cousins for his entire career, everyone has called him a game manager and he's one of the richest quarterbacks that's playing football right now, it's wrong. And so when you speak on Cam and his opinion, Talk about his opinion, because all of these people who are spewing this vitriol at who Cam Newton is today were never what Cam Newton was at his height. And that is the perspective and that is the perch in which he's making his assessment on, which is OK to make, because all these people who now get paid to do it never did it like him and aren't doing it anymore. So it shouldn't matter where he's making the comment from. Uh, so you heard his comments. Um, there's a lot because he said a lot and he touched on a lot of things. Firstly, um, about the part about not name calling, I think he's 100% on the money, right? Um, it is not right to name call a person. It is always uh, the best practice to stay on topic. If you're discussing a particular topic item, keep it on the topic. Don't make it personal. And I'm not saying this to say, oh, everybody's holy. No, no, because we all have made mistakes uh, from time to time. So, I think that policy is a good one. Now, can there be situations where people can sometimes lose their composure or get irritated at things? Well, absolutely. I've seen that even happen to Ryan Clark uh, when he was having a back and forth with uh, Mad Dog Russo on television. And he was like, you know, don't talk to me like this. Don't raise your voice at me. And people are up there like, is that's what's going on here? I didn't really see that happen. So we're not going to remove the human component in all this because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. That's the first. And the second thing uh, was this. He brought up the point about not disqualifying Cam Newton because he's not in the NFL right now. And he basically crystallized that idea by saying, okay, Cam may not be in the NFL right now, but when he was in the NFL, he was a bad boy. He was a bad boy and he was, I guess, what you would characterize as a game changer to use a term that he put out there. So he's speaking, of a, he's speaking from a place of knowing. And he then said to now dismiss him especially coming from a place where you couldn't do what that person did is wrong and he makes a point as well because cam newton does have the expertise now maybe some people would have disagreed with his delivery but the question still remains is there some substance is there some credibility to the comments that he was making well if you're a quarterback of that ilk like he was there must be some, some some truth to what he was saying. So to dismiss him 
it's not advisable. And I think that's the point that he was pointing out. Uh, to me, listen, I think that the sports media landscape is still evolving. I think that all of the all of the rules are not outlined yet. This is what I believe. I don't believe that the rules are set in stone right now because things are changing so quickly. They quite literally are. Things that we would never discuss on our on shows are being discussed now. Some of the biggest names in sports are talking about things that you wouldn't believe. Whereas in the past, we had a certain image or you had a certain image that you had to maintain, right? If you had a certain personality on television, you had to maintain that on and off air. But now you see certain people go out on television, they have a particular persona, then they go into the independent space. They have, you know, they seem to be a little bit more natural. They seem to, you know, they can curse, they can get into their real, and you, you now begin to wonder, okay, but I thought that was the rule. I guess not, right? So I don't think the rules in sports media defined as of yet because there's so much change uh, taking place within the landscape, right? And now you have a situation in which you have personalities on television that also exist on TV and also exist off air. In the case of Ryan Clark, he's a he's a contributor on ESPN. You've seen him on ESPN First Take. You've seen him on many shows, but he also has his own thing with the Pivot Podcast, right? So he can go out there and give that view on his show, The Pivot. I'm not sure if he could give that same view on ESPN because maybe you don't want to be on television criticizing one of your own partners. Maybe it's not something that the, the network would be happy about, but he has the freedom to do so off air. So to me, man, there's so many rules within the game that are being added in uh, at this point. And I think we're, all, I think we're all still in the, I think we're all still in the phase of learning, right? Because there are going to be certain things that you do that you think are okay. That we later on find out that it's not the way to go. So to me, because some people could say, she's just saying what she thinks. And she's saying it exactly how she felt it would be. So to me, uh, I think he makes a point, uh, valid point. Um, but I, th I think that based on what I know about her, I haven't seen her do this much. But nevertheless, that doesn't stop um, Ryan Clark from expressing his views. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. The number one uh, topic item in the NBA over the last four days or so has been the Draymond Green suspension. Um, as you guys know, he pulled off another brutal attack on Yusuf Nurkic on, you know, uh, from the Phoenix Suns on an NBA court where he just basically whipped his arm around and smacked him across the face. He goes to the ground. Um, and at the end of the game, at the press conference, um, he was essentially saying that he doesn't know what's wrong with Draymond Green and uh, he hopes that he gets the help that he needs. So, uh, that happened then um the next step of the story came which was okay what role is the nba going to play in terms of draymond green suspension and this brought up a lot of conversation some people were saying uh, he should be gone for two to five games some people were saying he should be gone for 20 plus games i was in that group um and some people seem to be on the fence right i thought that uh draymond is a repeat offender he does this way too often and a lot of the things that he does are so below the belt and so dirty, like kicking NBA players in their private parts, stepping on their chest. I'm like, there's no forgiveness for this, especially given the fact that he just came off of a fresh. He just recently came off a of suspension. Right. So to me, um, I wasn't one of those people that was going to be dancing around the issue. So what happened this morning? Uh, I was doing some research and I came across an article uh, from the website. Let me get it right. Heavy dot com. 
right? And basically, the article had the following headline. It says, Rudy, Rudy Gobert makes eyebrow-raising comments on Draymond Green's suspension. And the article then continues on the NBA's decision to suspend Draymond Green and definitely for most uh, for his most recent act on the court of on-court violence has earned uh, responses from all across the league, including from Green's longtime rival, uh, Rudy Gobert. Green and Gobert have a choppy history on and off the court, stretching back years, including a five-game suspension levied by the NBA against Green for putting Gobert in a chokehold during a game between the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves early this season, ahead of a contest against the Dallas Mavericks on Thursday night, December 14th. ESPN's Tim McMahon uh, asked Gobert, for his reaction to the league's choice to shelve Green for an undetermined amount of time after he threw a punch at Phoenix Suns' big uh, man uh, Yusuf Nurkic two days prior, uh, he then uh, he then goes on to say, "I have simp- I have empathy for him." Gobert said, "You see somebody who's not well inside and suffering. You take him, you take away the game and all that, and you want someone to be well and to be well to do uh, what they do every night and compete and be happy." The article then continues on and he says, I'm not sure what it really means in terms of his punishment. So it's hard to tell, Gobert said. I mean, you don't want someone to get uh, to get badly hurt. Excuse me. You got to fix that. So that's what that article uh, said there. And I want to quickly touch on another article. This is from Bleacher Report that came out today. And it essentially says a report. Warriors Draymond Green begins counseling out at least three weeks amid banned golden state warriors star draymond green is expected to miss at least the next three weeks after beginning counseling during his suspension from the nba according to the athletic sham karenia league sources said the 33 year old was expected to receive counseling and work with the warriors in nba while suspended uh karenia reported people around green and the organization said the four-time nba champion has been understanding and has uh, has been understanding and prepared to undergo the process required to return to the team in a full capacity. Those sources would not reveal the specific the specifics of Green's counseling out of respect for his privacy. Uh, that's the crux of that particular uh, article there. So let me first of all start from the end and then go to the beginning. Let's talk about uh, Draymond Green's, um, the news com- coming around, talking about he's going to miss at least three weeks. Again, a lot of this information is murky. It's, it's unclear. We don't really know. Uh, what any of this language means being out indefinitely. Now we're hearing he's going to be out at least three weeks, right? So these three weeks is going to be going to the pro. No one knows. Um, I don't know how many games the Warriors are going to miss in those three weeks. Let's say they play three games a week, so three, six, nine, 12, that's 12 games. Um, to me, I think that an appropriate suspension would have been 20 games at least. 20 games at least. And, and here's the reason why. I'm not looking at it from the standpoint of Draymond Green. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of the people that he's assaulted on the court. And what he could potentially do in the future, because to me, the question then becomes, what will it take for there to be some serious, serious sanctions against Draymond Green? Does he have to go out there and break somebody's arm? Does he have to break somebody's leg? Does he have to puncture somebody's lung? What's the thing that Draymond needs to do in order for us to say, okay, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Now, I've heard some people say, listen, they're players in the past that have done this, players in the past that have done that. Um, so why all of a sudden we set a new president? Well, first of all, it's a new NBA. That's number one. Number two, the NBA is going in a certain direction. Uh, in this particular soft uh, direction that Adam Silver and these guys have been pushing towards. So now why are we all of a sudden making the exception for Draymond Green? I've seen guys get texts for basically hollering and one and get texts for that. But then Draymond Green gets to walk away scot-free. And number two, if you're trying to make the game more friendly and more appealing to a wider audience, why would you why, why would you then tolerate Draymond Green? 
to me, I don't understand that point. Uh, just because Dennis Rodman did it in the past and he got away with it, that doesn't mean someone should do it in the present and, and get away with it. And number three, these current crop of NBA players, and not like I said they're going to fight. I've seen Dennis Rodman do some tricky stuff on the basketball court, and I've seen players confront him. I saw Shaq try to fight Dennis Rodman, where Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan and all of these guys had to separate them. They're not going to do that in this particular NBA. And number and, and to me, and number three, man, Draymond, Draymond just be doing way too much. He be doing way too much. So to me, I don't think that's an excuse. So in terms of his suspension and him coming back in three weeks, I don't even know what that means. I guess we have to wait and see. Um, but you don't want to look soft on this issue because there's this thought out there that the, the current commissioner looks soft. I was recently listening to uh, a sit down between uh, Anton Daniels and um, Rashard McCann, and he was like, most NBA players view Adam Silver as soft. Well, you don't want to have that, uh, you know, um, be the perception of you, especially as a commissioner. Right. And I think that is something that fans are sick of. Right. I think fans are sick of it. That's the first part. I want to get back to the other article. Uh, he has empathy. I have empathy for him. You see somebody who's not well inside uh, and suffering. You take that. Yeah. So those are pretty strong words. You see somebody that's not well inside and suffering to me. Listen, um, I don't know why any of this is a shock. Draymond has displayed this behavior over time. But for whatever reason, people would make an excuse here. The organization, in this case, the organization I'm referring to, the Golden State Warriors, they've also created this monster because they let it go unchecked. No one did anything. As I said, we recently produced a show uh, featuring some comments from Kenyon, Kenyon Martin, excuse me, from Gil's Arena. Kenyon, Mar Kenyon Martin asked a pertinent question. He's like, y'all gonna all these players, y'all gonna let Draymond run around and sock all of you guys that are like punk punk the entire NBA, or is somebody gonna do something? Somebody gonna take that fine? Is anybody gonna do anything? That was the question that, that uh Kenny Amaro was talking about. Right? And I think that if player and I'm not advocating violence, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not endorsing victimhood. I know I'm not saying turn yourself into a victim to allow somebody to con constantly assault you and sit there and do nothing. So to me, you got to stop the bully before he gets to you. And in this case, Draymond has two. I mean, the Rudy Gobert, the Rudy Gobert chokehold, the Rudy Gobert chokehold. You know, if you did that to somebody on the, you know, the street, you, you're getting arrested, right? But you know that you could get arrested for assault. So why they let Draymond Green get away with it on a basketball court? Only them and God knows. You could actually get into serious police officers aren't even allowed to do that type of move. But nevertheless, we let Draymond Green get away with it and we laugh about it. Oh, look, oh, it's so cool watching Draymond Green jump on somebody's back when they don't see him coming and throw him into a chokehold and then pull him across the court. And more people will upset with the lack of activity from his teammate. You know they're not going to do nothing. You knew this already. They're more upset at the fact that people didn't do nothing than the person who actually did that. And I heard some people try to make the ridiculous excuse of, oh, the, the rule of thumb is... You know, whenever there's an altercation, you grab your teammate. That is a bunch of crock bull, you know what. That is all that is. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because people make people love to make an excuse for the ignorance. I know this. Some people love the ignorance. You know why I say it's a crock you know what? I challenge you, after this particular show is done, or pause this show right now, go online and search Chris Paul versus Rajon Rod. I don't know what made that video pop up on my timeline the other day. I was watching it, and when Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo started throwing hands or whatever it is, do you know who had Chris Paul wrapped up 
It was LeBron James. Now imagine somebody from the Houston Rockets running out of nowhere and jumping on LeBron James and throwing him into a chokehold. That's what you dudes were endorsing. That is exactly what you dudes were endorsing. You said, well, you didn't grab my teammate and the rule of thumb is you grabbed your... your bah, 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 bah. And then if somebody ran up on the court and they threw LeBron James in a chokehold, abiding by your rules, that dude would have been thrown out of the NBA. Because it would have been wrong then, just like it was wrong with the Rudy Gobert. That is not the appropriate response. Rudy Gobert wasn't throwing punches. He was doing none of that. He was literally trying to separate players. So for Draymond to take it upon himself and charge down the court like a madman and jump on his back and throw him into a chokehold, for people to be defending that talk about, oh, the rule of thumb is when you're getting into a fight, when you're in the middle of a tussle, who in their right mind be like, okay, well, let me grab, let me grab. You don't have time for that. I've seen tussles take place on the court where people just push people apart. It's not like, oh, let me look at his jersey. He's a Laker. I can't push him. Meanwhile, he's the one coming. This is madness. But nevertheless, they found a way to defend it. And that's all it was. We were looking for a way to defend Draymond Green. So we advocated for the nonsense. It's BS. That move that Draymond Green did was ridiculous. And if he did that on the street, he will get arrested. And if he doesn't, if he didn't get arrested, the person on the street ain't going to take it like the NBA. So most of the people on the street are not NBA players. The level of frustration that they carry on from their day-to-day -day and all of the challenges that they're facing, they're not going to spare your ass. They're not going to spare you. So to hear people talk, oh, well, the rule of thumb is in the NBA, when you get into a tuffle, you're going to grab your teammate. You never grab your opposing teammate. That's the, that's the bull. You know what they were saying. Meanwhile, in that LeBron, and I'm not dissing LeBron, I'm talking about what happened. LeBron was playing the role of a peacemaker, as was Rudy Gobert. LeBron wrapped up Chris Paul and pulled him up out of there. Now imagine some moron jumping out and throwing LeBron into a choco, talking about I'm trying to separate a fight. Man, please. So I, I'm just watching to see. So they don't suspend Draymond for a serious amount of time. I know these people are not serious. I was recently listening to Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark said Draymond Green doesn't have, there's nothing wrong with him. He, said, he just said he has a poor competitive spirit. That's what Ryan Clark said, who's a former athlete. So to me, man, they just playing games with the people that they playing games with, with the Draymond Green story. I have absolutely no interest in Draymond. I never liked him as a player. He's a dirty player, and that's, these are my thoughts. I'm not going to be twerking it up, dancing it all over the place. Y'all ain't going to be throwing no ones at me. I am not a fan of Draymond Green. That's where I stand, so no one will be confused about it. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.